typically you can buy in some of the markets that I work in homes for anywhere from 50 to 150,000. On this episode, I'm super excited to be sharing with you uh, some of the insights that you really need to have your head around if you're trying to understand when should you consider alternative strategies and when to consider local traditional. You know, there's no question that not every strategy is for every person. And really uh, what this program is trying to really highlight for you is some of the ins and outs of each of some of the strategies so that you can start to understand um, whether or not something is a fit for you. Um, Unfortunately, I think we live in a world where we kind of keep looking to others to tell us what to do. And so, you know, the first step towards really uh, regaining control of your investments is to really um, educate yourself and understand your, uh, understand what's, you know, what's what. So the first thing I want to talk about is, um, you know, really the benefits of investing in each um country. When I talk about that, if we're thinking US real estate versus Australian real estate, um, the first thing I want to point out is that it's really important to be thinking global. Um, You know, for true success, we already see this in the share market. So people have long since realized that if they want a bigger piece of the action, if you're a real share, you know, buff, that you've got to be trading the world markets. And so investing in European markets and US markets has has been, you know, become passe and people accept that as the norm. The same is not true of real estate. And in fact, when you talk about trading or investing in overseas markets, often the, you know, response that you get is that, well, that's high risk. That's too scary. So I think the first thing that I want to really flag is that, you know, there's there's more out there than what we know and understand here in the Australian property market. Um, so that's first. Second thing is that I need to really highlight this idea that there's a huge difference between something being unfamiliar and something being inherently risky. Um, unfamiliarity means you just don't quite know it. It's not in your comfort zone. Whereas, um, you know, in their markets, in their local markets, a lot of people perceive a lot of the strategies that that I, you know, advocate and talk about as being very, very low risk. So the, the, the only way in my world for you to um, de-risk something like an international investing opportunity is to really educate yourself, become more familiar with it, understand the ins and outs. Um, because that'll put you streets ahead of most people who might otherwise um, just frankly invest on blind faith. The other thing to understand is that, you know, we're used to the metrics around property that exist in our market, meaning we're used to property being incredibly expensive. We're used to really poor yields or really poor income streams. So we take for granted that that's just how it is everywhere. And really what I wanted to kind of highlight for you is that uh, if you go to other markets, particularly the US market, what you start to see is massive differences between prices of property, um, you know, you know, how income streams are developed, uh, people's experience and expectations around 
how assets deliver income to them. And then if you layer on top of that, the flexibility that comes with uh, each of the systems. So here in Australia, there's only one way to transact real estate. Um, and, you know, from a legal point of view, that's great for offering protection in the market so that, you know, you don't, you know, transfer property in a way that um, either, you know, carries um, mystique or burden or any of that sort of stuff. But if you look at the um, US market in comparison, their market has evolved in a way where there's all these different ways to transfer real estate. Um, there are simple one-page bits of paper that you can sign off and, and transfer the deed of your property to someone else. You can assume mortgages. You can work with title companies. There's, there's, there's lots of ways to transfer real estate. The stamp duties are next to zero over there which means that what's happened is it's evolved into this really entrepreneurial kind of creative space. Um, now, does that have its pitfalls? Yes, it certainly does. And, and a lot of Australians back during the GFC went over to invest in the US, didn't understand all of those different ways and mechanics to transfer property and lost their shirt. So, um, you know, Understanding that there's there's a you know it's a double-edged sword. You've really got to understand how the market works, how the mechanics work in order to really take advantage. But the other part of it is that because of that flexibility in the way that the system has evolved, there are just strategies that that you or I just simply couldn't do here in Australia. Um, I mean, we couldn't approach a homeowner here and say, "Oh, look, I see you're you're having a bit of trouble there." How about I take over your loan and, you know, take ownership of the property and you get to stay in the property? That just simply wouldn't happen here. The banks wouldn't have it. And uh, certainly, you know, mainstream Aussies just wouldn't understand that concept. So it's really important to understand that um, the way that markets have evolved is definitely in part in reference to the way that they um, can be transacted. And certainly here in Australia, the entry and exit costs for traditional real estate um, in stamp duties and legal costs and other bits and pieces make it very unattractive to move in and out of uh, property transactions freely. I think as well, something that's really worth highlighting here is the aspirational element of investing. So in Australia, we are a hungry, hungry country when it comes to investing in property. Um, there's a, there's so much literature out there, magazine sources, all sorts of things talking about real estate. There are property podcasts. There are all sorts of, um, buyers agents and industries which have evolved to support the average Joe getting into real estate investing. So I would say our appetite for wealth creation through property here in Australia is incredibly high and per capita, um, I'm not sure that it's matched by many other countries. The contrast is when you go to the US, there is such a tiny percentage of the population that are interested in property. Now that doesn't negate from the idea that people like real estate and certainly a lot of the American fix and flip and real estate shows have done a lot to, um, I think, shine the torch on the opportunities that are available in that market. But because of the, the spread of wealth that exists over there, 
Um, still, I would argue that there's a very small percentage per capita of people that are involved in the real estate market. Now, what that means is that, um, you know, the, the appetite or the hunger to be an investor, to create wealth through property probably isn't quite, and this is just like, you know, in all seriousness, this is just my experience. It just isn't as strong over there as it is here in Australia. Um, and what that means is that people like, you know, you or I, we're able to go over there and participate, you know, relatively easily in a market where, you know, there's, there's plenty of opportunity. And I guess what all of this rounds out to is that because there is so much interest in the Australian property market, it has become incredibly efficient, meaning, you know, you've really got to be quick to find good deals. Um, good deals are thin on the ground. So what that means as an investor is you've got to spend significantly more time, energy, resources finding good deals. In contrast, in the, the US market, because the market is highly inefficient, there just aren't enough people interested in buying real estate compared with the number of homes or the population. So we're able to, if we have the right connections, go into that market and actually acquire real estate alongside other US citizens or alongside other foreign investors in a way which is palatable to us. It's not necessarily as labor intensive as it might be here. And we also, if we're smart and we partner with the right people, we can certainly get first bite of the cherry in terms of the premium opportunities. Yeah, I think if I was going to move on from here, the, the subject that I think a lot of people are really interested in is what types of, of property investment options are there over there compared to over here. Now, as I mentioned earlier, because of the, the flexibility in the way property is transacted, that's kind of created, and along with the metrics just being completely different, that's created this buffet of, in my opinion, A-grade property investment opportunities, which um, just don't exist in the same volume here. So a lot of the strategies that sit in the alternate space, um, although they can't be transacted the same way, they do in fact exist in Australia. So there are things like lending opportunities here. There are, um, you know, turnkey investment properties here. There are um, syndications here. There are, you know, there's a bunch of strategies which they exist over there. They exist here. The challenge, in my opinion, is that um, they're not plentiful in numbers. And, you know, all of the, the traditional opportunities to participate in things like syndications and, and you know, other fund type uh, endeavors where people pull money together to, to take down a bigger deal. Um, the risk is relatively high. Um, sometimes you're not even in first lien position, meaning if something goes wrong, somebody else gets paid first. And, you know, I think above all else, you know, you need such huge sums of money to get involved in those deals. So it's definitely not for your average mum and dad investor. I think in contrast, over there, the dollars per deal, and I've talked about this in other podcast episodes, the dollars per deal are so small. Um, you know, typically you can buy in some of the markets that I work in homes for anywhere from, you know, 50 to 150,000, um, which means that, you know, on top of that, if you're able to get access to finance, 
your you know dollars risked per deal are much much smaller um and so i think the um the the main i guess differentiator between that market and and our market here is not so much that the strategies don't exist but the investment opportunities there are just so much greater um, and the dollars that you have to put at risk are so much lower that it's it's just so much more exciting to do deals in a market where, you know, the deal flow is just ample. Um, one of my greatest frustrations with the Australian property market has been the, the need to chase deals. There's no question that um, there are good deals in this market and the Australian market is awesome for building capital. Um, but it's it's definitely been a, a source of frustration, particularly in really hot markets that I've needed to help get help from a buyer's agent, pay fees or, you know, really just wangle my way into a deal um, in order to beat everybody else. And, you know, how many times have you gone to a an open home or um, some sort of auction and found yourself shoulder to shoulder um, competing with plenty of other investors, let alone homeowners. So it's it's a pretty competitive cutthroat market here and um, there's good and bad things associated with that. But from an investing point of view, um, it makes it a pretty tough game. If I think about market trends um, between Australia and the US, um, there's also some really interesting things that come out of that. Um, a lot of the markets that that I'm interested in investing in over there, the, the they're really flatline markets. There is no capital growth the way that you would want it to be over here. Um, the markets are stable. They don't experience high fluctuations uh, and they are pretty flat. So, um, you know, you know, going into those markets that you're buying for cash flow, you are not buying because you're hoping uh, the market will rise. And that's why a lot of those strategies lend themselves to, you know, a- a amazing cash flow. Um, but, you know, you're not so much trying to build last, vast sums of capital. In contrast, here in Australia, I think the um, the market trends have been, you know, upward for 20, 30, 40 years um, and will probably continue to rise upwards. But it's getting harder because the gap between people's ability to borrow, um, affordability, all those things are putting pressure on, you know, unlimited or, you know, capital growth infinitum. And I think the, the the big thing for me around why you would invest in, say, for example, the US market uh, versus Australia is maybe you've already invested over here. Maybe you've already created a, a reasonable sum of capital. So maybe capital isn't the issue. Maybe how hard your capital is working is the bigger issue. And if I can take a small piece of my capital and put it into a market where the trend is not so much upwards, but which will deliver me epic cash flow and bring me to financial freedom um, years, if not decades sooner. Um, I, you know, why wouldn't I do that? I, I just, I, I can't understand the thinking that we have here that we've got to be on that constant treadmill of building our net wealth 
to um, arrive at the right number in terms of being able to retire or having the freedom to choose whether or not you work. So if I give you some real deals, people are always interested in the real deals of an example of buying a property here in Australia versus over there. Um, You know, we've touched on some numbers already, but, you know, typically the sort of home that I would want to live in, you know, I could purchase here in Australia for, you know, let's say, depending on the market, let's say 800,000 as the median. Whereas if I look at, at the markets over there, in some of these, you know, boring bread and butter places that I like to invest in, you know, somewhere around the 150 to 200,000 will get me um, a pretty palatial home, like a pretty nice home. So here's what here's what's important about that um, is that, you know, we're not talking about being slumlords. We're not talking about going and buying palaces that, that are, you know, in the unaffordable sector of the market. When I'm talking about buying properties that are 70,000 to 150,000, that is your affordable sector of the market where there is high, high rental demand. Um, and to be frank with you, we haven't really covered this in this episode, but I'm not really all that interested in even buying direct real estate over there when there are so many other strategies which allow me to participate in real estate deals, have the highest level of control, put in the fewest number of hours, get the best level of returns, but where I don't have to deal with those tenants and toilets that uh, that everybody else would deal with when they own property as a landlord. So look, you know, I guess the, the, the big takeaway that I want you to guys to kind of reflect on today is that if you're serious about creating financial freedom, you need to go and find the assets that will deliver you the outcomes that you want in the shortest possible time. Um, You know, if you're earning income that covers your living expenses, that is literally the only game changer that you need to focus on. You know, I think the aspirational stuff of earning, you know, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars just because, um, you know, that's that's playing a game at a different level. And I'm, I'm certainly not discounting people who want to play that game. But what I'm saying to you is if you knew no matter what happened in your business, no matter, um, you know, what happened economically here in Australia, that you would just, you know, give yourself, stack the odds in your favor to continue creating an income for yourself, um, regardless of whether you worked or not, that's when your world will open up to opportunities and, Um, you can start to really pursue what it is that you're passionate about, how you want to spend your time, how you can use your money to influence um, and, you know, make the lives of other people better. So anyway, guys, um, really enjoyed sharing with you today, as always. um, And I really look forward to um, sharing more insights with you on future episodes. Thanks for listening to the Freedom Warrior podcast. First of all, if you enjoyed this episode, please don't forget to subscribe to avoid missing out on future episodes. If you're interested in fast tracking towards being financially free, go to freedomwarrior.com.au, get in touch and look forward to catching up with you next time. Take care.